I think it's very masculine to take care of yourself. Be a good steward of that which God has entrusted you with, and that is your body. I believe a trade is important for men to have. Work your trade for a couple years, and then if you feel like going to school, then go for it. If you feel like you're going to make more money, we usually equate masculinity with strength and speed. But what happens when a man is in his 60s and 70s? Is he no longer masculine? If he can't bench press 300 pounds, is he no longer a man? If he can't fight, is he no longer a man? I like to say emotions are your enemy and sentimentalism is a trap. Don't deny your emotions, but delay your emotions. Men are not disturbed by things, but by their opinions about those things. You're a man living in the modern world in a time when men and manhood are not what they once were. You live life on your own terms. You're self-sufficient. You think for yourself and you march to the beat of your own drum. When life knocks you down, you get back up because in your gut, you know that's what men do. You're a badass and a warrior. And on the days when you forget, we are here to remind you who you really are. Welcome to the Sovereign Man Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Baloo. This is where we aim to make men masculine again. And I'm here with a very special guest, the one and only George Bruno. Welcome, George. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, Nikki. It's an honor to have you here, my friend. George, we are living in perilous times in some respects. And certainly, um, men today are no longer admired the way that they were in the past. If anything, they are uh, under assault by the powers that be. The culture is very anti-man, anti-masculinity. And and yet there are those of us that are fighting the good fight to make sure that we uphold men and we uphold masculinity. And you're one of the men that's done that. Why don't you start by telling everybody your backstory? Yeah, the backstory is I'm from upstate New York, Italian and Russian family. Went to school to become a therapist. Uh, also learned how to become a barber as well. I'm a firm believer that every man needs to have a profession and a trade. I don't care what that trade is. But like my grandfather said to me, always have something you can do with your hands. He And he put his hands up when he said that. And I get that. So whether it be carpentry or any kind of woodworking, electric, uh, electrical work, plumbing, doesn't matter what it is. I believe a trade is important for men to have. Uh, when men ask me, should I go to college? I say, well, how about going to trade school? Work your trade for a couple of years. And then if you feel like going to school, then go for it. If you feel like you're going to make more money. And of course, STEM courses are different. Science, technology, engineering, and math. If you go into any of those fields, I think that's much better than any kind of liberal arts kind of stuff that is the most popular in colleges today. So I worked as a therapist for decades. I've cut hair. I went to the top in both fields, married, divorced, three children, went into coaching because coaching focuses on a man's future, not his past, where he came from. And we talk about goals, not why you are the way you are, because I don't care about why you are the way you are. And I have kind of a, a tougher approach to it, but I'm not going to demean men. I know there are some speakers that love using uh, demeaning words when when talking with men. I'm, I'm not one of those guys. 
but uh, I help guys get to their goals. And I like to say, like every year, my mantra this year is 2023 is the year that you get unstuck. I've been saying that for years now, every year, that's the year you get unstuck. And it resonates with men at one time or another in their life, whether it be in relationships, career, any kind of direction, men feel stuck. A lot of times men feel as long as their tires are moving, that they're doing okay. They're busy. That That's a good thing. Well, you can be stuck in the mud or in the snow and your wheels be spinning, but you're not getting any traction. So the goal of coaching is about traction, not just about being busy. So that's what I do in a nutshell. Coolio. Coolio. So tell me a little bit about your involvement with 21 University. How'd that come about? And, you know, what was your vision as when you were a part of that? Because that's kind of what puts you on the map, at least for someone like me to find you. In yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I've been speaking to men for 40 years. That 40 years was my first speaking engagement. And when I started posting men's grooming videos, how to grow a beard, how to trim it, you know, how to, I used to have a really big beard and, uh, I did several hundred videos on beards, mustaches, haircuts, skincare for men, masculine stuff, not like this metrosexual kind of stuff, but very masculine content because most of the content about hair and beards and skincare for men is usually done by more effeminate men and is done by women. So I kind of felt that there was an area for me to capitalize on, and I did. And I ended up getting invited to this organization and just spoke there on masculinity and men's grooming. And taking care of yourself is not a feminine thing, although. The whole concept of a man taking care of himself has been hijacked by non-masculine men. And I think it's very masculine to take care of yourself. It's it's very masculine to be a good steward of that which God has entrusted you with, and that is your body. I think that's important. So I get invited to all kinds of events because of that topic. And then that topic naturally leads to things like masculinity naturally leads to topics like maintaining frame naturally leads to topics like when you can't do it you need to lean on god you need to uh trust in the lord versus your own uh versus your own uh efforts so i think and especially as i've gotten older and you know i'm strong and fast for my age but i'm not strong and fast compared to when I was much younger. And as you get older, you find your abilities, your strength, your speed, just kind of like leveling out. And we usually equate masculinity with strength and speed. But what happens when a man is in his 60s and 70s? Is he no longer masculine? If he can't bench press 300 pounds, is he no longer a man? If he can't fight, is he no longer a man? And I grew up lifting and fighting and boxing and and doing rough and tumble kinds of things. I don't do that now. I don't, I don't want to get punched in the head now. 
in a ring somewhere. I'm just not interested in in combat sports anymore. So I'm more interested in fitness and staying in shape. But I think what happens is as an older member of the men's community, I find that there is a space for wisdom. And I think that is part of being a man is having wisdom, not acting quickly, not mouthing off too fast. Uh, and, and what happens is the men's community is dominated by young buff men. Well, those young buff men will end up being old, older, saggier men. That's just, it's just a fact of life. I don't have the same body that I did 30 years ago. And, it comes with with the older body comes new challenges, but I'm I'm still fast and I'm still strong uh, as men that are half my age. I'm not really worried about it yet, but I know there will be a day approaching that I'm not going to be fast. That I'm going to have to have somebody climb a ladder for me, or help me carry a dresser or a couch or something like that because I may not be able to do it. So I don't want people to think as you get older that you lose your masculinity. Masculinity is for men of all ages, not just for the young. No, masculinity is definitely for men of all ages. And I'm glad you said that. A, lo a lot of the men that are these days at the forefront of the, the man, manosphere is what some people call it. Although I don't like that term um yeah the movement of men as it were are younger men and they are really good at working the algorithms on social media and getting a lot of eyeballs and here's one of the things that i believe that is not a measure of a man that is not a measure of his masculinity or his worth one of the folks whose work i follow on uh, social media is a man by the name of patrick bet david he has a channel called yes. Valuetainment. He's a he's a, yes. um, a fellow Iranian, a Christian Iranian like me. We're from the same yes. kind of tribe in Iran, the Assyrian tribe. You know, I'm very yes. proud of him. He's a brilliant man in many, many respects. He's a deep thinker. He reads a lot. He's been successful in business. You know, I admire I admire a lot about him. But he's got two glaring blind spots that are just to me, they are they are so big that if he doesn't have someone help him see that it could it could really be a problem for him going forward one of them is he equates someone who makes a lot of money with a high value man bullshit and the second is he thinks that someone who is good at getting attention on social media and building and good at marketing that's a high value man bullshit andrew tate prime example of this andrew tate i don't know the man i've never met the man you know what i mean all i know is what i've seen him I listened to quite a few things he said because, you know, he blew up and friends of mine said, hey, what do you think of this guy? So, you know, I'm like, all right, let me go check it out. That's part of my business, right, is I go do that. A lot of what he has to say around things like take care of your body, around have goals, you know, push past the pain, love all that stuff. When he starts talking about relationships, he's dumber than a bag of hammer handles, man. No offense, Andrew, but you're, you're, you're 36 years old. You're young and you're dumb, and you think just because you made a lot of money, fucked a lot of pussy, and you got a six-pack, that means you're the shit. No, you're not. No, you're not. No. You're just a fucking young buck who's flexing his muscles. And yeah. yes, Mr. Young Buck, here's one of two things is going to happen. Hunter's going to shoot you, and you'll be dead before you prime, or you're going to grow old, 
and your muscles aren't going to matter. Your dick's not going to get hard. You know, you're not going to be as interested in fucking pussy. You may keep your money, but what you are going to realize is that money is useful for a lot of things. But man, it was not even close to being the sign of who you ought to be. And Patrick Bet David loves this guy. He thinks he's the shit. And I'm like, dude, okay. But no, he's yeah. not the shit. He's dumb in a lot of ways. He's he's got some good things to say, but he's got a lot of stupid things to say too. There's way smarter guys. I would like Patrick Bet David to bring George Bruno on his show. Why do I say that? I don't even know you all that well, but I've listened to you speak. I've listened to you interview men. You're wise. You don't say stupid shit. You actually know things about how to be masculine. You don't think making money is unimportant. You think it's important, but you also don't think it is the number one fucking thing that makes a man a man. And the problem we have today, George, is we got young dudes, dumb young dudes, leading the pack. And these dumb young dudes should be leading in certain respects, but they need to be wise enough to listen to their elders. Because if they're not, if they don't go to the elder men and bring them in and help them develop their notions of masculinity, especially today when masculinity is under attack, severe attack by the powers that be, we're all going to be fucked. What say you to Baloo's rant? Well, I'll tell you what. The I started a conversation about a month ago where I said, let's, let's change the conversation from being a high-value man to a high-virtue man. And let's start talking about... That's going to be the name of this I, episode, The High-Virtue Man. I love it. You just gave it to absolutely. me, brother. Yeah. So there you go. I, I think it's important, and I think... You know, a man can work on his bank value, his financial value, but be bankrupt when it comes to ethics and morality, the way he treats people, the way he treats other men. Like, for instance, there's many, many, quote unquote, high value men in the manosphere, the men's community, that type of thing. But I've never seen men get insulted more than in the manosphere i see men fighting and taking cheap shots at one another and i would rather build people up i would rather do that i i just got really sick and tired of hit pieces hit videos tearing people down and i made a commitment to build people up i got caught up in a little bit of it in some of that uh critical nature and I said to myself, this is not me, and this is this is not for me. This is not who I am. And I believe it's important that we teach virtue, not just value. A lot of guys in the high-value community talk about money, muscles, and game. Yeah. I want to talk about making money. Sure, that's a piece of the puzzle. Yeah. I want to talk about making muscles. That's important. Uh, for, for no other reason, I mean, in the in the manosphere, in the men's community, muscles are for getting other men's respect and for getting women. Muscles are for, for me, muscles are for when I got to rearrange the garage, when I got to move a dresser up a flight of stairs. It's practical for me. Uh, I am strong. I am lean. I have muscles. It helps my gait. It helps my walk. It helps my health. It helps my body uh, utilize its glucose. It 
muscles are a good thing because we naturally start losing muscle mass as we get older. And I don't want to do that. I want to kind of stay ahead of that curve. Uh, when we look at game, I know guys that just talk about game with women all the time, but they have zero charisma. So let's change the conversation from game to charisma. I like to say if a man is good with people in general, he will be good with women. I don't want to focus just on women because my life does not revolve around women. Read. Have I had experiences with women? Yes, more than I care to discuss. It's it's not a bragging point. It's not something, you know, like, for instance, there are some men, you know, who love calling me an incel. I'm like, okay, all right, here we go with that incel stuff now. That seems like the lowest term, you know what I mean? It's like, it's now an insult. And I don't have a problem getting women. I have a problem keeping women, but I certainly don't have a problem getting them. But I will tell you, let, let's let's talk about charisma in general, because 90% of the guys that talk game don't even know how to shake a hand properly. They don't know how to tie a tie. They don't know how to shine a pair of shoes. They can't go to a networking event and work the room. To the manosphere, men's community, that type of uh, group of people, they think working the room is leaving with a woman on your arm. To me, leaving... Uh, working a room is leaving with a couple deals, shaking yeah. hands and making some business connections and following up with a phone call and uh, creating a contract and building a business or doing some consulting work. To me, that's working the room. It's not about, you know, getting pussy or anything like that, because try paying your mortgage with pussy doesn't work too well. So. I like the idea of charisma versus game. In my generation, we called it just being good with people. He's very charismatic. He's good with people. And the whole concept of game, I, I believe that focuses mainly on women. I think we should focus on human beings being good with people. Dale Carnegie said it perfect in his book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. In the manosphere, a lot of people pride themselves on the amount of enemies that they have. I don't I don't keep track of my enemies. I don't care about my enemies. I don't want to pay attention to them. I don't want to do hit pieces on them. I don't want to put them down. I don't want to tweet shit posts about them. What I want to do is be good with people. I want to build people up. And I want my arsenal filled with men who can, men who do not men who shit talk. I come from a generation where we, you know, we duked it out. You have a problem with a guy, you literally, you rolled up your sleeves and you, and you went out and, and you fought it out, that type of thing. Now, obviously, if you take a swing at somebody, you can be sued and lose everything you have. So the whole tough guy thing doesn't work anymore, except if you're in the ring or on a mat somewhere with MMA or BJJ or something like that. So... I think men need to focus more on not being liked, but being likable. Yeah. That's important, I believe. George, I'm getting a ton out of this conversation. Um, you're a very wise man. I'm learning a ton from what you're saying. A lot of what you're saying um, is what I already align with, but I'm also yes. learning some very new 
ways of looking at things. You know, game versus charisma, I'd never heard that before. I think that's brilliant. Um, you know, if you would do me the honor of coming back on the show, I'd like to interview two or three or four times and go deep into some of these subjects because I think they're Absolutely. Worthy, worthy of doing that. And George, I would like it for you to come and um, be on one of our Zoom meetings uh, just as a participant to see what we're doing with the men. There's a, there's another elder fellow there. His name's Steve Richmond. He's uh, 69 years old, and he's a pretty wise dude as well. The only thing wrong with Steve is he hasn't taken very great care of himself. He still smokes. We keep we keep she bugging him about that, saying, dude, well, now you got to quit, man. <laughs> yeah. You know? uh, but other than that, the man is the man is just super smart, super wise. And whenever somebody shit tests me with an attack, my initial reaction is to just go at him. And I just go, okay, calm down, take a breath. And I just uh, say, Mr. Richmond, Mr. his name's Richmond, Steve Richmond. I go, Mr. Richmond, would you take that on for me, please? I think you've got some wise things to say about that. I sit back and let him handle it. And it's a, it's yeah. a beautiful thing because he disarms that man, but he also slays his arguments, like just absolutely slays them. And the other men that are sitting around there, they go, okay, that was good. That was well done. I'm glad these two men didn't have a verbal dust up on a Zoom call, but I'm also glad that this this idiot's stupidity was exposed really quickly. And he learned yep. something because we want to uplift this man too. We don't want to leave him in a shitty space. But the right. problem for a lot of the young men today is these young men, and this is what Steve Richmond says. Um, he says that a lot of these young men have been raised by women and since there wasn't a father around they go out there and they're thinking okay i gotta figure out how to be a man what do i gotta do muscles muscles i need some muscles let me get some muscles i'm gonna work out i'm gonna get strong okay let, let, let me learn how to fight let's do some jujitsu let's do some mma i can fight now i can look after myself money i need some cash okay let's go make some cash now game let me go get some girls okay i got it all man i got it all figured out i'm a star i'm a stud and then they go around on social media and they're in a highly emotional state. You know what yep. I mean? And they are just going, yeah, who wants to do 75 hard? Who wants to do this? Who wants to make money? You know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm, I'm just listening to all this. And I go, what you're asking is cool. But the way that you're asking it, man, is a complete shit show. Turn off to me. Now I'm 55. I'm not maybe their core audience. But I also think, I don't know that this is serving men to become this sort of man. No, no, and I don't mean by this sort of man, the kind of man who wants to you know, be successful and be in shape and all that. I think all that's good, but the fellow who's beating his chest about it and getting all emotional. And Steve Richmond says, he says that a lot of these young men who are leaders in the manosphere, the world of men's work are highly emotional men and emotional men are not masculine men. Emotional men are feminized men. And I sat back and I'm going, he's right. And I thought to myself, damn, I'm emotional a lot. So I better cut that shit out, man, because when I'm being emotional, I'm being feminized too. And then I was just wondering, what are, what are some of your thoughts around this conversation around that a, a man who climbs into his emotions to show how tough he is or how masculine he is, is really not being very masculine at all. He's being feminized. Yeah, I like to say emotions are your enemy and sentimentalism is a trap. What I what I like to do is a classic stoic move, which is don't deny your emotions, but delay your emotions. 
You want to cry? Do it in a, in a room with a closed door, with your face in a pillow. But never cry to your wife or your girlfriend or your friends. Suck it up, but not in a mocking, like I'm not saying that in a mocking kind of way. A lot of people say, well, just suck it up, buttercup. I'm not about that. I don't want men to be emotionless robots, but I don't want you vomiting your emotions out to the world. And I think that, I think just learning a few principles of stoicism, you only have to learn a few. Like if, if you learn just one in that, don't deny your emotions, but delay them. That right there is life-changing. A second one that helped change my life is this, and this is by Epictetus, uh, Men are not disturbed by things, but by their opinions about those things. Mm. And I think that's that's what happens. We end up having opinions about things, and we get bothered by those things. We literally are bothered. So holding back on that is more masculine. The whole uh, tough guy act, I think, is pretty interesting. Because I've always thought that thuggery, that whole I'm a thug kind of thing, really is a very feminine kind of thing. It's very uh, passive aggressive. There's really not a lot to back it up. Why would a man want to hurt another man? The only the only way I would ever want the only the only scenario that I would that I would hurt another man physically is if he was breaking into my castle. That is it. Or trying to take something that's mine. But if I have two of those things, I'm the kind of guy that would say, you know what? I got two of them here. You take one and leave me alone. That kind of thing. But I don't believe a man should be threatening another man. I don't believe a man, you know, we have enough enemies in our culture in general between feminism and the governments that exist around the world. We don't need to be each other's enemies we don't need to be throwing we don't need to be starting fights with other men we need to throw down the gauntlet i do believe that like for instance when we lift weights there are some more of the scientific workout guys that call it progressive resistance as opposed to i'm going to the gym and lift no one ever says i'm going to go and practice progressive resistance but there's something to be said about throwing another five pounds more, five pound plate on the bar. There's something about doing one more push-up, one more rep, that type of thing. If I climb a 3,000 foot mountain, my next climb is going to be maybe a 3,500 foot mountain. That's natural. I think that appeals to our uh, natural desire, our innate desire. It's inborn. It's part of us to want more, but without being selfish. I want a higher mountain. I want to do one more rep. I want to lift. I want to put five pounds more weight on the bar, that type of thing. I want to do one more chin up. And I, I remember, like, for instance, when it comes to working out, I, I really, I used to hurt myself by putting more weight on the bar, like ridiculous amounts of weight on the bar. And I jacked up my shoulder for many years and I couldn't even do chin ups or push ups and Man, you, you got to take care of your shoulders. If you mess with a shoulder, you can't even feed yourself with a fork. I mean, it, shoulders, I, I'm the shoulder is just so important. Shoulder care 
shoulder care is so important. So what I I made the move from putting excessive weight on a bar, whatever exercise that is, to using a ridiculously less amount of weight, but having perfect form and proper breathing. So rather than pushing out, like if I'm bench pressing, rather than pushing out 10 or 12 reps, like one, two, three, I'm like this. I go one, back, two, and I use slow, concentrated, focused repetitions all the way up, all the way down. I almost look like I'm working out in slow motion. And I have gotten more gains from focused, slow, concentrated movements than I have from explosive movements and putting more weight. And a lot of that has to do with ego, the whole weight thing, how much you can bench and all that stuff. I mean, uh, I was I participated in that foolishness up until about 40 years old. And when I got my first like real shoulder injury and got like a frozen shoulder where I literally could not raise my arm above my head. And it was like that for many years. I couldn't even put it. I had to start putting on a sport coat or a suit with the other arm because I couldn't get this one behind me. And I, so I literally I was doing maladaptive movements because of shoulder pain. And stupidity. That's basically what it is. And for a long time. I would say, oh, yeah, I got a bad shoulder. I don't have a bad shoulder. I got I got bad discipline and bad practice when it comes to working out. Now the whole body works great. The joints aren't in pain. I'm strong. I'm fast. Not like when I was 40. But I will tell you that everything's working just fine. When I stopped being stupid and egotistical with my body. Yeah. You know, I'm 55. I'm going to turn 56, actually, in a couple of weeks, August the 12th. Um, I'm dating a woman, and she's also born on August the 12th, so it's kind of cool. Um, nice. Yeah, great lady. We've been together for 12 and a half years. Time flies. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I used to be a top fitness trainer. I worked with Olympic gold medal athletes, and back in um 2011 uh i was going through a divorce at that time i started to transition out of that world and from 2011 straight to 2023 a switch flipped in my head i wasn't as strict with my nutrition and i did a lot of that stupid stuff to around getting hurt yeah. and so forth and i gained a whole bunch of weight so I gained close to 50 pounds. And every year I tell myself, hey, you know, this is the year I'm gonna figure it out. And I didn't. And this year in February, I looked at myself in the mirror and I was disgusted with how I looked. And so what I did was, George, I, uh, I, I, I got real with myself. I said, you're not a fitness trainer anymore. Yeah. Um, you can lie to yourself all you want that you know how to do this and maybe intellectually you do but you practically don't know how to do this and you need help so i found a guy who works with people including people my age and gets gets them from fat to super fit like 
bodybuilder or stage fit. I hired him. And from February till now, I've, I've, I've dropped 46 pounds. I went from 227 to just amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. And I'm not finished yet. We're going to get me, you know, there's a last little little bits of, of fat around the belly and uh, and and the uh and the the butt and the legs and it's not a lot but i want it gone i want i want to be tight and trim. Yep. we're gonna get there and um you know one of the things it showed me was that if i really want to achieve a result that has been elusive to me for a long time i need to get real that by myself is not going to happen and given the fact that i'm in the business of of, of you know coaching people and teaching people both in the men's work that I do and the business work that I do with business owners and coaches and consultants, that was a no brainer because I preach that all the time. So I had to kind of just take my own coaching in that respect. And once I've done that, I, the, the next thought that's going through my head is, okay, I'm going to go through and get the full level result that I'm looking for here. I'm going to be ripped and on, you know, ready to go on stage and all of that jazz. But I want to apply this to a few other things. So I've got a, I've had some nail funguses for years and I'm like, okay, fuck it. I'm going to figure out who needs to help me get rid of these nail funguses. That'll be next. Cause I, I don't want to take the, you know, the drugs that mess up your liver. Fuck that. Right? That's like yeah. insanity. Like nail fungus versus liver damage. I think that's an easy choice. Right. But I think you can have, no nail fungus and working liver. So that's where I'm going next. And then secondly, I've been successful in business, but I haven't been a multimillionaire. And I want to be a multimillionaire. I want to make a certain amount of money. And there's reasons for that. Uh, and the reasons aren't just, hey, I want to be rich and roll around in the money. I want to take care of my family. But I also want to be able to use that money to be of service in the world. I want money out of the way so I can do some of the things I want to do for men in a bigger way and, and, and for the cause of freedom. I'm going to take that on uh, in a big way as well. And the reason why I'm passionate about sharing the story with people is because if an old ass man who's 55 and is fat as fuck can go from fat to fit, what can you as a younger man do? What's possible for you? It's possible at any age to make victory happen. You know, Colonel Sanders proved that he was in his 70s when he got Kentucky Fried Chicken off the ground. And that's why I believe so strongly that we need groups of men led by wise men like you, wise men like, you know, my friend Richmond. And I hesitate to put myself in the wise man camp. I'm wise. I will put you at. I, let me do that then. I'll put Thank you in you. that category as well. Right. I appreciate right. that, but I'm wiser than a lot of these folks. I'll give myself that much right. credit. We need that. Sovereign man has 20 odd men that are, you know, committed members and, you know, they're putting their money where their mouth is. And, you know, we don't charge a lot for this and we do it deliberately, but we do charge. For the longest time, I was running groups without charging any money for it. And, one day I sat with one of the men that I ran the group with. He's a successful businessman. I mean, he doesn't need money for this. He's not why he does it. But we talked and I said, look, I'm thinking I should start charging for this thing. And he said, I think that's a great idea. And I go, you do? Because I thought he was going to give me pushback. I thought he was the one who was going to say, forget it. I don't want to be involved. He said, you do? I said, I'm curious, man. Tell me why you think it's a good idea. 
He said, I'll tell you why it's a good idea. He said, because when you charge, people take it more seriously. When you don't charge, you got a whole bunch of people who are like, oh, okay, I can come and go as I please. But even if they're putting out a hundred bucks a month, may not sound like a lot of money, but guys are cheap. They don't want to they don't want to waste $100 a month. So they're going to come in here and they're going to do the work at a higher level. And I said, yeah, okay. At the time, I said, 100 bucks a month. That's, that sounds like too much, man. I, let's start with 50 or something like that. So we did. And then some of the guys in the group came to me and go, dude, you got to double the price, at least double the price. I'm like, why? Yeah. They said, it, it's too little. There's Because there were guys who were coming in, paying it and leaving. Just like they'd show up for a month and leave. They go, at least double it so we'll get more commitment. And you know what's funny, George? This is this is hilarious. So I've worked with a lot of coaches and naturopaths and business consultants. And the number one problem that these folks have that has their businesses not make them as much money is they undercharge. They they and, and I tell them all, this is my pitch to them on getting them to charge more. Once, you know, I have the permission as their coach to tell them to charge more. I said, You're doing your client a disservice by charging them too little. I tell them, your client is not taking you as seriously and not doing the work to get the outcome that you're committed to getting for them because you're charging them too little. So in service of your client, raise your fees. Cause a lot of people were thinking, I can't do this. People aren't going to want to pay. Oh my God. I'm going to sound like I'm, I'm like one of these chiselers. I'm like, no, you're doing this for your clients. And every time we did that and the client did it, they made a lot more money to be sure, but their clients showed up and did the work and got the result. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, yes. And this fellow that I hired this year is going to cost my lady and I, because she joined me on this as well, over 10 grand to work with for the course of 2023. That's not nothing. Okay. I'm not saying that's all the money. That's in the right. World. That's, right. that's no joke. It's not a joke of an investment, but she's down from 137 to 121 so far. And she's, she's going down for 116. She's actually going to go do a competition. I'm down from 227 to 181. I can tell you she feels better about herself. She's got more confidence in how she looks. You know, she's got more energy, more health. I got tons more energy. Dropping 46 pounds is no joke, man. That gets you to a certain level of energy and faith. And is it worth it to pay 10 grand for that? Honestly, man, if I'd have paid 100 grand, it would have been worth it for my right. And And that's what I think is important. You know, men need to be a part of something. And I think 20 men is too small for what we're trying to do. I'd like to get us to 100 and 1,000 and 10,000. And then I, I think there need to be probably 10,000 to 100,000 groups like this all over the world of men led by wise men to help elevate masculinity. That way we can change the world and, you know, we'll do God's mission and we'll stop the evil and demonic forces from destroying uh, our society by destroying our men first. Yeah, you know, it's funny. There's a lot of groups out there. There's uh, the Fraternity of Excellence. There's F3, which I just found out about, which is what, like, I don't know what that stands for. It's like faith, finance, and friendship or something, whatever. Um, uh, there's Men of Iron and they're not competition for you. What they are is they're kind of co-laborers with you in working with men. What's fascinating is I remember cutting hair somewhere part-time. I'm trying to think of the barbershop that it was at. And uh, 
the owner got upset because somebody was opening up another barbershop down the street. And I said, you're threatened by that. You need to differentiate yourself because you ha- you're going to have two completely different sets of clientele. You could be on a corner and a barbershop could open up on the other three corners at an intersection. And if you're doing the right thing and you differentiate yourself, and if you attract a certain type of clientele, there's enough room for everybody. There's enough business for everybody. So I'm all about men's organizations. You want to start a thousand groups, 10,000 groups, go for it. You know, I, there's, there's no competition for you, especially if you have kind of a, like whatever your competitive advantage is, it might be hard deadlines and accountability. You might be the group that really is all about the deadlines and and the accountability and you know i've seen guys do the uh physique friday where they got to post a picture of their body and no excuses so if you if you cheated all week eating pizza all week it's going to show in your belly you know so you know next friday i gotta take my shirt off take a selfie and you know some guys would say well that's gay and i'm like well you know what's gay is getting fat that's gay and not being accountable to men who can help you be the best version of yourself. So I think there's enough men, there's enough business for everybody, no matter what the focus of the group is. So if you're helping men defeat the forces that would be that, that desire us to be weak. Yes. And I don't like using alpha and beta that much i think they're overused i think when words get overused then they lose their meaning completely so i i think helping a man and i think it's getting it's getting near that uh for the phrase be be the best version of yourself i'm hearing that so much to the point where it's almost meaning nothing so i like the idea of optimizing yourself which is another way of saying be the best best version of yourself yeah yeah what is your ideal weight what is your ideal fitness look like what does the idealized version of you look like what how long how many hours of sleep does the idealized version of you get every night how much protein intake does the idealized version of you get uh what what does the idealized person eat every day what does that optimized person look like uh you know and it's not about size it's you know it's not about the size of your biceps you know like for instance i come from the era of like what i call the golden age bodybuilders yes and and the like when it comes to when it comes to building your chest right now guys are really the bodybuilders now look like they have breasts. They look like they have boobs to me. And like one of my favorite guys, uh, Vince Duranda, he said, men need to build a chest, not just pecs. And a chest goes from shoulder to shoulder. It's not just these two things here. Women have these. Men have a chest that spans from shoulder to shoulder. And it looks like a slab from left to right. And that inspired me. It made me stop thinking about having like two pecs, two boobs, 
that because what happens is you build up those muscles and the reality is every old every old bodybuilder is all saggy right now and i think you know especially the guys that were on all kinds of gear i i mean i'm a natural guy i don't do trt i don't need it because i have a i have a pretty good diet and i stay in shape i have a flat belly i am strong i still attract women half my age i, I still can't keep them but I still attract them anyways. But I think I think a lot of that has to do with, uh, you know, we talk about what's going on with men today. With men being raised by women, that means women are also being raised by women as well. They're raising their daughters like that. So I think that what's happening, it's not just the, the younger men that are growing up being inferior, but it's also the women. We have broken men. And broken women. So where is our future? Where's the future of North America if men and women are not being raised to be men and women? If men are being raised to just be fuckboys and thugs and women are just being raised to be feminists and sluts, we're going to be at, well, I think we're already in the United States. They say we're at about, just about at zero population growth at this point because people aren't having babies you got two people in these marriages working and there's no kids so there's you know they're not building anything that's going to outlive them that isn't the only thing that you can build i mean you can build a business you can build a charity you can build a ministry that kind of thing you can build a camp a retreat center something like i always say look for a woman that wants to build people say build what Build something that will outlive both of you. That's the key. And for me, as I'm kind of like wife hunting, so to speak, um, you know, I've been divorced about 20 years. I can't find women who want to build. I find women who want to smash. I mean, there's no, there is absolutely no, no shortage of women who want to be involved sexually. But man, there's a shortage of women. Like it used to be just men avoid commitment. Women are avoiding it now. The pendulum has swung in the other direction. Men are now the builders of homes and the builders of relationships and desiring that. Women, they want to get out there and live a little bit so that by the time they find a guy, they, they've been utilized by dozens of men in their lifetime. And they no longer have the ability to bond and they can move from man to man like a man can move from woman to woman. And that's very, very unladylike. Uh, I don't I, I do believe that, let's say a man has been with 50 women. It's that's different than a woman who has been with 50 men, Big time. because like, for instance, we are not just we are not females with penises. We're not the. The, the genders are not interchangeable. Not. There's a huge difference between a male and a female. We process everything differently from sexuality to promiscuity to uh, philosophy, theology. You notice, uh, uh, like, for instance, if there's a church where there's a woman pastor, they're more interested in social justice and social things and this kind of stuff, whereas a more masculine kind of church or a religious gathering uh, is focused on growth, uh, not only of, of the church, but growth of the country, growth of men in general versus uh, it's our turn now. Like, you know, a lot of female ministers, which I 
I'm not a huge fan of, but their, their whole thing is it's our turn. I'm like, what turn for what, you know? And, and, and I'm not going to be one of the guys that says, well, get back in the kitchen and make me a sandwich. And I, I joke around. I, I did a back in 2018, I texted 10 females that I know. And this is to kind of prove the 80, 20 rule. I texted them the phrase, make me a sandwich with no explanation, make me a sandwich. Eight of them came back with some smart ass answer. Uh, some of those answers were like, what the hell do I look like a slave or make your own fucking sandwich, that kind of stuff. Two of the 10 said, what kind of sandwich do you want? W one said that the other one said was, was a gal that I was, you know, seeing. And she said, get your ass home and we'll talk about what you can eat <laughs> you know so and she was being fun and flirty about it you know but yeah. two out of ten gave were easy going the others were uptight and triggered and i'd say 80 percent, maybe even more of the women in modern society are so easily triggered you know some women are coming around. I want a masculine man. I want to rest in my feminine. I want a man to be masculine. But when it comes right down to it, they don't want to be subject to a man's love, care, and concern. They want to be the boss girl. They want to be the CEO. And, you know, in any organization, there can only be one leader. And that doesn't mean that everyone else is just a sheep. But I do believe... Uh, when it comes to a relationship unit, I do believe one person has to lead. I think it's very important, or at least be an example for the other, or a a shelter for the other. And I believe that's men need to be that, step up to the plate for that when it comes to their relationship with women. I've had women write me personally and say, George, help me find a good guy. I'm like, what's the matter? You can't find a guy? She goes, that's not the problem. She goes, I she goes, I would like to meet a man who cries less than I do. That's what this woman said. I want to meet meet a man who cries less than I do. And I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, all these guys are in touch with their feelings and their feminine side. She goes, big turnoff, just a big turnoff. So women are just, they're not only... There's two types of women. There's women that are opting out because they're boss girls. They are the boss babe. And then there's others that are like, where the hell are the masculine men? All I'm finding is these kind of like soy boy types, these guys that are in touch with their feelings and their feminine side and all this kind of stuff. So I think women are frustrated just like men are frustrated. And it doesn't take much to be a winner in the relationship arena. All you have to do is be a lady. All you have to do is be a man. That's what the sexes have to do. Be a lady, be a man. Yeah, George, there's a lot of wisdom that you just revealed over there and a ton to unpack, but I'm going to just hone in on a couple of things that you said, okay? Because I took, I've yeah. been taking notes the whole time we've been speaking. So, yes. Before I get into that, have you uh, ever heard of or done the Sterling Men's Weekend uh, that has been put on by Justin Sterling since the late 70s? No, never heard of it. Okay, sterling-institute.com. Check it out. There's one coming up in October in Northern California. 
This man is the shit diggity. He's unfortunately not well. I don't think he's going to be doing this much longer. And I don't know what the plan is to have someone take it over. But I took this course. This was my intro into, into men's work. And it, it, um, there's a lot of wisdom in there. And you keep saying I can attract a woman. I can't keep them. This is the recipe to help you keep it for 700 bucks. Great. Apply to That's getting great. There. So I, yeah. I, I would be honored to be your sponsor. I don't get a toaster for it, but you know, it's one of those things. When I send a man to the yeah. weekend, he usually comes back with a lot of good stuff, and I've sent about 60 yeah. over the years. I wish he gave me a commission for each man I sent, but there you go. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I uh, highly recommend that. Um, he also has a women's weekend where he shows women how to be good women in a relationship, just like you spoke about here. We are living in a world where there's the boss women who – uh are feminazis and want to fucking knock a man down and don't give a shit and then the women who have seen that what a what a bill of goods that is and they want masculine men and they're having a hard time attracting them because the really good masculine men get picked up like that like yeah like they just get picked up like that like so my son my eldest boy i have two sons a 15 year old 17 year old my eldest Mm -hmm. boy is six foot one, 175 mm-hmm. pounds, built. He plays yeah. the captain of his soccer team. He's probably one of the top, if not the top soccer player in Canada for his position. He's a center back. He's, his dreams to go play in Europe, professional soccer. His coach is a fellow who's been coaching for a while, and uh, he's Croatian. He's like an old-school masculine type coach, not one of these feminized North American bitch, bitch boys. And yeah. he's come to me and he said, look, if your boy does this, this, and this, which he's doing to get his technique up, I can get him looks and he's probably going to get signed. Like, it's, it's a shit diggity deal. He has feature yeah. natural confidence. Like, it's scary for a 17-year-old. All his buddies are a little nervous. You know, just like we were when we were fucking teenagers, right? This kid, it's his greatest strength and his greatest weakness, man. You know, um, when he goes out, he just he walks tall his shoulders are back he's good looking you know he's he's built he's he's got this confidence girls throw themselves at this kid yeah throw themselves he's never going to have a problem getting girls he's not going to have to try real hard a guy like him and he's masculine he's my son i don't let my boys turn into pussies right it's just right right Right. nikki billu's sons fuck that shit right yeah right this kid is going to have, even in his teens and early 20s, where most men don't have a lot of choice and all the beautiful, the women, that's the era where women have choice of, you know, whatever men they can get. He's going to have crazy choice. He's going to be masculine. My take on this coming generation is maybe 20 to 30% are masculine men of virtue and ability, right? Those men are all going to get scooped up. So for, for women that are worried about this, um, they're going to have to get better at being a woman in order to pick, get a guy, a man who they want. Because if they don't, all they're going to have for their pickings are these soy boys. And these soy boys are not going to work out too well for them. They're going to marry them and they're going to divorce them in short order. Because these are the types of dudes that if a bad guy broke into their home, they're going to hide behind the wife's skirts. You think about how fucked yeah. up is. Yeah. 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 I, uh, you know, I ask women, uh, you know, when I, when I speak to groups, I'll say something like, uh, if you hear shit going down, 
downstairs in the middle of the night, do you go downstairs to confront the danger? She's like, no, I would expect my man to. Even, even the feminists expect that to happen. They expect the man to go check out the danger. Yeah. So there, there's a, there's women, most women are just all talk when it comes to that kind of stuff. They, you know, with social media, that gives them the attention that they need. But the reality is most women can appreciate a masculine man and a masculine man can convert even some of the most dedicated career women if it's in her heart to be a lady. Amen, brother. Amen. Amen. So, George, um, I really enjoyed this conversation. Like I said, I'd like to have you back. There, there's a lot of good notes I took from this conversation. I'm going to take uh, some of these notes and uh, come back to you and say, hey, can we dive deeper into this subject for a couple of Absolutely. episodes? And um, I'd love to chat with you offline. Um, we've got some meetings coming up. I'd love for you to come check it out as a participant. And uh, uh, I'd love to find other ways to collaborate with you and, and, and do really cool things. Steve Richmond taught me men are in relationship with each other over one of three things. Otherwise, they got no reason to. Um, they work together. They break bread together. They compete together. So this is a way of working together. So God bless you, man, for coming on the show and sharing yes. your wisdom with us. And um, the title of this episode, as I said, is going to be uh, not the high value man, but the high virtue man. So that absolutely is a fantastic title. God bless you, brother. It's a pleasure and honor. Thank you, sir. Thank you for listening to the Sovereign Man podcast. If you're ready to take charge of your life and become the man you've always wanted to be, we invite you to join the movement at SovereignMan.ca. 